0: I don't even know where to start this Ugh. week. It's like so many ups and downs. It's like, <laughs> I'm... Uh, it, it, I felt good going into, uh, out of the weekend and going into watching last night's game and now I'm uh, I'm at an all-time low. Today's yeah. been rough.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're recording Wednesday. Uh, it's 4.40 p.m. Pacific time. Chris is actually on the East Coast right now, so 7.40 for him. Uh, but when we did our initial game plan for this episode, we were like, I think we're like in the middle of the game last night on Tuesday. We're like, all right, we we got some stuff to look forward to. Three one after the Angels, and then just yeah, not a great finish.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, welcome to the Town Gate Podcast. <laughs> I wish we, I wish we had a more positive uh, yeah, hey, note to start on. I am Chris Madrigal. That I'm, is Julio so
1: We can't be uh, mad. Baseball's back for now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's. Um, Let's just jump into it. Let's start with news around the league, because um, there's a lot. Um, first big piece of news, um, the Marlins have suspended their season um, for the time being. Temporarily um, be- suspended. Temporarily suspended, potentially completely suspended, because news came out today that 18 of their players tested positive for COVID-19. Um I don't even know where to go with this one. 18? I mean, like we, it was reported that it was 8 two days ago. And then this morning, Derek Jeter announces in a press conference that it's 18. Like, holy shit. And they had just played the Phillies. The Phillies were just in town to play the uh, the Yankees. I mean, this could really spread and really kind of like take down the league if, if it's not taken care of quickly.
1: Yeah, the good news is the Phillies as of right now they're still bringing a lot of testing um, none of them came back positive it's, there was a speculative rumor that uh, they got the cases from their scrimmage game against the Braves in Atlanta that supposedly somebody pulled a w- Lou Williams and was at a gentlemen's club even though we know Lou Williams was there for food where did you hear that I want to say it was like the New York post. So again, it's pretty speculative. Uh, There wasn't really a lot of weight behind it because it is kind of a more of a fabricated uh, news outlet, but this was something we knew that was going to happen at some point, especially when you have a team that's in Miami. That's one of the huge hotspots in the country. We knew this was going to happen this next week or two is really going to be our trying measure of seeing how this works
0: so we knew this was going to happen, but we didn't know that it was going to be fucking 18 players on one team. That's insane.
1: Do you think it would have been a bigger case uh, if this was a bigger team? Like, let's say this was the Yankees that got sick?
0: Oh, I mean, yes, it would be a bigger story. Because then, I mean, that would be like the Rudy Gobert effect like, all over again. Um, it, it would be like, I think the entire season would be shut down temporarily and they would have to like really like reconsider what was going on. Um, I think because it's the Marlins and is because they're in the epicenter of like of the virus outbreak in the United States. um, It was almost like expected, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's some concern still from the players. They're talking about some players have said that the hotels they've stayed at have had, still had people staying there. There was one player that came out and said, That there was like a legit wedding still happening at the hotel he was at. They were staying at. Oh man! So this this is gonna be a wake up call. I hope for baseball that we they're doing a fine look. They're doing a fine job. No, hold on, hold on, Julio. I'm gonna stop you right there. They're not doing a fine job. No, they were not doing a fine job up until this.
0: No, no, no. They're doing a good enough job in the public's eyes in order to distract them to watch baseball. But they're not doing a fine job. They're not at all. They're not doing a good job with this at all whatsoever. The fact that they're letting the players go out, socialize, do whatever the fuck they want, and then come back and test them the day of, like, because testing results don't show instant, instant um, infections. It's gonna, it takes a couple days. So yeah. they're not doing a fine job. A fine job would be doing a bubble and really like, like controlling it, doing very similar to what the NBA is doing, and they're not doing that.
1: Yeah, and it's – and the time – it's just – we're going to get more into the whole Rob Manfred talk a little bit later. But it's, it's yeah. just showing more of his vulnerability as a commissioner that mm-hmm. your two propositions for a bubble were, one, two hot spots in the country. But also two places that you do not want to play baseball in the summer because Arizona is 120 degrees and then Florida you got humidity of 90%. Like that's not a good idea. Yeah. Why didn't you think of any other alternative ideas? Why do not you be like, let's buy huge plot of land in the outskirts of Los Angeles or something, and that'll be our bubble. Close enough. It's close enough to media market. We to bring in media people there. That's gonna be our bubble. But mm-hmm. now we're here. There. So
0: the saddest part. Well, will I mean, I don't want to get too deep into bubble talk, but yeah. the saddest part about it is there's plenty of very well put together. Babe Ruth Field complexes around the country that you could easily host something like this. Yes, it's not like a professional baseball stadium, but it'll do fine. Uh, I, I'm in Maryland right now. I just drove past two days ago the Cal Ripken Jr. Um, uh, like cow it's the Cal Ripken Fields or something like that. It's where they play the Cal Ripken Jr. Like, um. World Series, kind of like the Little League World Series. And they could, could have done it at that place. I mean, it's, it's just... it yep. Anyway. Um, and it's just gotten out of control at this point. I mean, 18 cases is insane. Um, Enjoy I mean, it while we have it. Yeah. I, I, do you think that we... Do you think we have much time, or do you think they figure this out?
1: Well, I think the good thing... If there's any good to show, is that this is... So far, no cases like this have broken out in the Central Divisions or the Western Divisions. So as far as we know, those teams are doing fine. But if, if there's going to be a point where we start seeing positive cases from these teams that did play the Marlins, then I think that's going to be a huge. That's going to be the death blow.
0: We're seeing more and more players wear masks now. I mean, like mm-hmm. in, in the past couple of days, games, Marcus Simeon, um, Battle's Nolan Arnauto, um all these guys were wearing masks that weren't wearing it a couple days ago, so that's I think it's definitely a little bit of a scare. Yeah. Um around the country. Um I, I we don't need to get too deep into this news story. I think everybody kinda like realizes that the MLB's really just being very careless. Or not careless, but um
1: shit in the bed. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I,
0: irresponsible is probably the better word. Yeah, to, there use, we go. Yeah, definitely shit in the bed. Okay. Second piece of uh, news around the league. Um, a lot of major players have gone down with nagging injuries. Um, Corey Kluber, Justin Verlander, non-COVID injuries. Um,
1: and Clayton Kershaw. And Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah.
0: Um, a couple COVID things. Uh, Juan Soto had COVID, but he was cleared today um, by Major League Baseball. Uh, um, Marcus Stroman um also had a nagging injury sorry um and uh, i mean her oldest chapman still has is recovering from COVID 19 um but the nagging injury thing is the main story uh pitchers um you think this is like a lack of spring training lack of warming up lack of getting those muscles kind of ready for for game shape because um some of these guys were they didn't even make it to opening of the season like kluber was was kind of um Next couple days before Verlander was a couple weeks ago, uh, Stroman was about a week ago. Um, so yeah, what do you think?
1: Uh, if you listen to our, our the fans of the podcast network, the Magic Hour podcast, uh, <laughs> one of my bold predictions for the season was where we're going to see these nagging injuries come up. Uh, Mark uh, Justin Verlander had an elbow injury that kind of came back, resurfaced. He shut down for a couple weeks. Uh, Clayton Kershaw had a back strain we kind of knew that this was going to happen and even though Kluber and, and Verlander are only, or, and Kershaw are only about 32 and Verlander's 36 37 you're kind of seeing it affecting these older pitchers you're not necessarily seeing uh Shane Bieber or I was gonna say to Grom, but Grom's like 32, or Garrett Cole (laughs) getting hurt like that. It's just kind of a natural thing that was gonna happen. Yeah, this will play a huge role with these teams contending. The Dodgers are gonna be fine, obviously. They're probably they're easily the best team in baseball, but the Astros on a two without two weeks at least of Verlander, when you have Zach Greinke as your number two, who's also getting up there in age. And after not a great start so far in this season, there's going to be some question marks. And same thing with the Rangers. They had pretty decent expectations for the team with Kluber, Lance Lynn heading that rotation in a brand new stadium, which is interesting thing enough. We haven't talked about it too much, but there's already some speculation that it's become more of a, hit, a pitcher stadium than a hitter stadium. That's interesting. Out. Yeah, which Texas would have thought so. Um, but I think this was something we knew what was going to happen. I know yeah. you're. I knew you were kind of agreeing with me when I first brought up on your show.
0: Yeah, it's just a. It. it I. I really think it's a combination of the lack of of extended time in camp and uh, not really kind of like um, training that arm the way that they're used to. Um, age is definitely obviously a big part of it. That with the Dodgers, they have so much depth that they shouldn't really be too worried about it. I mean, Walker Buehler is probably their best pitcher, so as long as he's still there. To kind of like ground the entire the rotation, they should be fine. Like especially their, you know, obviously their farm system is really deep, but their their pitching specifically is very very deep.
1: Um, yeah, Dustin so, May. Sorry, Dustin May came in and filled in for Kershaw on opening day, and he pitched. Yeah. he pitched great. He pitched. Yeah, yeah, good for they, that short of a notice.
0: They're they're very lucky. They don't have to worry about that. But the Astros definitely do. I mean, yeah, Granky's getting up there, and also McCullers is coming off of a Tommy John surgery. So like, we don't really know necessarily know what we're gonna get out of him this season. And if those two guys go down, that's their number number one guy. Like, I mean, even even when he's healthy, McCullers is good, but he's not that good. You know, something to definitely be worried about. Uh, Kluber, I mean, I don't think the Rangers really have much of a shot this season anyway. So well, with the
1: expanded <laughs> playoffs, you would think if they can, Maybe. I think it's going to be a little weird because they're going to have to adjust that stadium. If this, if yeah. what reporters are saying is true, that the ball is dying out more than it was in globe life or the ballpark in Arlington, whatever they called it, then mm-hmm. yeah, th- you're going to start seeing some adjustments from this team.
0: And the other, the other, Starting pitcher, you were talking. You were talking about who's hurt. By the way, from the Rangers, you were trying to think of was Brock Burke. Um, so yeah. With r- did I
1: bring up somebody?
0: Yeah. I thought you were trying to think of some. Oh, maybe I'm, I misheard you. Anyway, Brock Burke is also hurt. Oh no! The Rangers. <laughs> what are they gonna do? <laughs>
1: um.
0: All right. So let's jump into the biggest news story nationally. Joe Kelly um, last night um, threw uh, a. Couple very close pitches to a couple hitters, but specifically he hit um, Alex Bregman on a 3-0 count. Um, the next batter that came up was Carlos Correa. He struck out um, while walking into the dugout. Joe Kelly mocked him, um, made a few faces, and I can't specifically um, uh, I can't uh, um, confirm that he said this, but if I am good at reading lips, which I'm not, but it's pretty obvious. He said, "Uh, sit down, bitch. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Carlos Correa got very angry and started um, uh, approaching him. Benches cleared. Nothing really happened. Um, A lot of just shouting back and forth. But as a result of that, Rob Manfred decided to suspend Joe Kelly eight games this season. Um, for those antics, um. So apparently, in this league that we play in, you are allowed to cheat for three years straight and not be in trouble at all as a player. But if you mock the people who are tre- cheating, you're suspended. Um, what the equivalent would be of 22 games in the regular season. Um, I mean, this is just a fucking joke. It's a joke. And Rob Manfred is a, is a fucking. He's just he he's he's worse than Goodell at this point, and and I have no problem saying that. And um, Goodell's pretty bad, but this is this is just this is pathetic.
1: He's making Goodell look great, and and I'll I will say though I think over the last couple of years Goodell's gone a little bit better, especially what when he came out earlier this year and saying like we did Kaepernick wrong, but that's a whole nother podcast yeah rob Manfred, dude get the hell out of here i can't believe that it's just it's a joke okay now if they were to come out and say the reason for the length of the suspension is because the actions leading to the bench is clearing and saying that this is a health like a safety regulation i get it because that's true they shouldn't be all out there at once especially covid he didn't hit anybody and we've all seen that video of joe kelly this past off season when he was throwing in his backyard he missed and he broke his the window in their house we mm. know he's wild we know he's got wild pitches and uh, the other thing is like uh dave roberts got suspended a game i don't think he yeah i don't yeah, get he that didn't one do anything dusty baker was fined even though he was the one you you can obviously tell it was him. He was the one that yelled from the dugout, get back on the mound, little fucker, which I think is mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, but it's a, this is a joke. This is a joke. You're suspending yeah. the guy who was... He was taking the action to his own hands. We could have avoided all of this if ML, if Rob Manfred and MLB would have punished these players like they should have beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. they didn't. And then I... I sent you a tweet earlier from, <laughs> excuse me, uh, from one of the writers of The Athletic who covers the Dodgers, Molly Knight. She's like, let's not forget that Rob Manfred, we had Yuri Gurriel during the World Series made the racial like cross-eyed jester to you Darvish, and he got suspended mm-hmm. for five games the following season.
0: Like, yeah. He- I'm at the but point, that, but mocking, but but mocking a cheater, you get suspended eight games. It's a fucking joke. I don't know what Rob Manfred's like deal is. They like have blackmail, trying to profusely, trying to profusely defend the Astros. Like this is just like, it makes no sense to me. Um, he has black, they have blackmail. They have blackmail
1: them. There's something weird with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but that's the Put only on thing the I can hat, really man. think of on the tin right hat. now. Just
1: like this dude doesn't <laughs> care about baseball, I'm, and it's just. It's frustrating. You have so many people who casually watch baseball on Twitter or whatever. And they're like, this is why Mm -hmm. we don't watch it. There's no justice, man. It's a joke. It's yeah. And uh, what I'm excited for is again, recording Wednesday, Dodgers Astros still played tonight. Uh, Joe Mm -hmm. Kelly, still eligible to pitch Mm -hmm. while he is uh, trying to fight the suspension. You know what, dude, yeah, he, go out there. He filed, excuse me, follow an appeal. Double down. Go out there. <laughs> I'm um, not gonna dude, miss I, this I, time. I, I, yeah.
0: So that game's on. In um... oh, it's on right now. Uh, I'm oh, it is. Ooh, universe. okay. And yeah. a- another um, another thing
1: before we go on t- off topic or to the next thing, we talked about this earlier, where this whole old fashioned oh never hit a player thing, anti mm-hmm. John Heyman, get out of here. They're taking justice at their hands. That's the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if 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 Manfred had done something in the first place, like this wouldn't this wouldn't have been an issue. Had they taken away the World Series, had they suspended the players with the overwhelming um, stats, home and away, um, evidence, players who were caught doing it, uh, evidence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just it, it it wouldn't be an issue. But because they did nothing this is going to happen. And this is not going to be the first thing, the first time. I guarantee no, it. It's not, not the first all. time. Um, also, going back to way at the beginning of what you said, with um, uh, the reasons why Manfred suspended. So I, they haven't even come out with a statement yet. They just released a press release saying that he was suspended. But Rob Manfred has not released a statement. Why? So like, yeah, it makes it even worse. It makes it look like literally they're just trying to cover the entire situation up. It's just, it, it's, it's like Donald Trump in the presidency. He Rob Manfred thinks that he can just ignore like and, and the in the Astros of the coronavirus. Rob Manfred thinks that he can just ignore it and not and 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 not talk about it and and hope that it just goes away it's a and, uh, and he won't have to worry about it, it. as as a, as opposed to actually dealing with it and trying to fixing it. He just thinks that if he ignores it, it'll just go away. He's like a fucking eight year old child. Okay, let's move on to the recap. <laughs> Of the A's, Let's talk about some positive so, news,
1: The A's of this past
0: week. Uh, well, eh, it's, uh, well, no. <laughs> All right, so they started off the um, they started off the season very strong, um, going three one against the
1: Angels. Kudos to you. Um,
0: they had a they had a yes, and uh, oh, touche, good point, uh, which is um, what I predicted um, in our last podcast. I predicted a three to one. I also said that I felt that the offense would struggle, but the pitching would get them through. Um, First couple games and then the offense would pick up. I only thought it would be one game. Um and I thought it would be the starters that got him through, but I was wrong. It was the bullpen is what really like got him through the first four four games. Um they had a walk off home run win on opening night in the thirteenth inning, um from Matt Olson. Um they sorry, I'm pulling up the schedule right now. It is fucking up on my iPad. Um, I believe they um Lost the second day, Julio? Is that yeah, right? they lost
1: on Saturday to... Sean Manaya started that day.
0: That's right, and he got rocked. Um, the second day, the offense just blew up and they destroyed Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani didn't even record an out. They scored five runs against him in the first. Um, and then the next day, um, the offense lit it up once again. Um, and they came home with a big win uh, with a home run from Matt Chapman. And... Uh, Plenty other runs elsewhere. Um, very impressive first series. Uh, we'll talk about obviously the series the past couple days next, but I just want to kind of glorify in the first the first series of the Angels. I understand that they don't have Rendon, but I don't think that one player would impact that series that much. Um, I know you feel a little bit differently, Julio, but um, I don't know, man. I, it, like so, the starters so Montas and uh, Bassett looked strong. They didn't look necessarily good but they looked very well actually Bassett looked really good Bassett looked um, really
1: good on Monday
0: Montaz looked strong he also looked strong in our, his start today up until about the 4th inning um Manaya just I he, I'm hoping he bounces back tomorrow Fires look good rough. too and Fires look good yeah. too yeah Fires look good too he just had a really bad was it 5th inning or something like that Yeah um and then the bullpen was lights out <sighs> Except for game two, they only gave up two runs in that first series. Um, one of those runs they gave up, I think they were up eight to two. Yeah, or something yeah. Like that and So it was like it was just kind of like a okay, whatever run. Um, nothing really uh, crunch time except for um, Liam Hendricks giving up the blown save, uh,
1: which was also I think yeah. out of frustration because umpire was just so consistent with those calls behind the plate on him.
0: Dude, that's another thing. That's kind of been the story of the season so far. It feels like we're not getting any calls.
1: Um, it, I think that's across baseball. It's just, I think you think so. Well, yeah, because I think as we're as players need to get back in condition, I miss, the umpires need to get back in condition. This is kind of a natural thing yeah. to happen.
0: So sorry, it was six runs. They were up um, six to two, and then um, and then they gave up a run. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty I was pretty pleased with um, with the first series. Um, I thought, um, you know, Olsen only had that one b- big game and that was it, but guys who really stepped up, uh, uh, Laureano was hitting 500 up until Monday, um, Robbie Grossman was playing fantastic, um, Steven Piscotti was playing really well, and, um, uh, uh, that's pretty much it. Marcus Simeon was okay, yeah. he had some good moments and bad moments, he was consistent, but, um, Oh, and Matt Chapman had a really good game on Monday and that's about it. Um, who went three for three that Offen- day? offensively. Um, yeah.
1: There, there was, we knew, like we, you said earlier, we knew they were going to struggle this weekend to, to see some bright spots yeah. out of it. Cool. The real story of the weekend was just the bullpen was lights out for most of the part. Um, yeah, there were some guys that really look like they're back to mid season form. Um, Oh yeah, Jake Deep, Jake, Be- Jake Be, yes, Jake Deep, and looked really good. Liam Hendricks bounced back after my essential tool of the week, uh, bounced back after the blown save on Friday and just completely shut them down on Sunday. Jesus, Jesus Loz. Petit looked fantastic. Petit has been off to a fantastic start. He's already pitched four games, has given up a run. His Lozardo <sighs> on Saturday. Oh, another highlight from today too. He looked really good. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more later in the week about him. And, uh, and a
0: huge surprise, Birch Smith. Two outings, oh. and he was fucking lights out, shut down the entire side both times. Um, very surprising uh, name out of that bullpen to really really do well. And uh, also... Uh, where is it? And uh Joaquin Soria came in with a nice little save after um, Liam Hendricks had two straight games, so they, they wanted to give him some rest. Yeah, every once in um, a while. Close out of game and was pretty solid.
1: Yeah. I would say every once in a while you you kind of get a reminder that like at one point Joaquin Soria was like one of the best closers in baseball. He's older he's up yeah. there in age now, but like back in the day you're like, oh, he was completely lights out with the like the Royals.
0: So Birch Smith is the only pitcher for the A's to have um um uh multiple wins this past week. He uh, he's two and so far. And has an ERA of zero. Zero, Julio. Zero. One strikeout um with three innings pitched. Uh impressive man. I like this guy. Um I hope he keeps it up.
1: Yeah. There was a he's one of the first times in since I think Ray Durham that was a A's Giants trade. So
0: Yeah. Um so now we have to go into the depressing last couple games against the Rockies. So um, the A's ha- uh, dropped to the Rockies. Um, both games. It's past both games. Um, three to eight on Tuesday, and then one to five today. Um, Offense has struggled. Um, bullpen didn't do so well yesterday. Um, Weems gave up, let's see, what is it, uh, three runs. Oh. Oh, two runs, sorry, and then Trevino gave up three. Um all of those were earned. Megden was awful. He had three earned runs on five hits. Um Yeah. We need to get brutal. We um Lazardo
1: <laughs> in there pitching or starting A set because yeah, Megden, cool mustache. Gotta get him out of there, man.
0: Well, Puck's got to be back soon from, from what, based on the original injury report, so that's, that would be very nice. Either one of them. Either one of them would help tremendously. Absolutely. We need a cat um, banked in, out of there. Today, Montaz, he pitched five innings, only gave up five hits and two runs, um, so he wasn't terrible. It's just bad luck. We got some bad calls. Matt Olsen looked like he was safe on that play at He was home. definitely safe. Um, the offense did not show up, though. Um, one hit? Or five hits and one run. Um, 11 strikeouts from the A's offense. Yeah. So I'm not sure what happened. They came off of two really good offensive games. Um, but we'll go into the this, this schedule again later um, in, at the end of the podcast. But, it, you know, this week is a good week to try and bounce back.
1: Yeah, it was um – I think that's going to be a big concern for the rest of the season. Not necessarily the consistency of the offense, but more so strikeouts. You're already seeing it. I think even yesterday they had a pretty high strikeout number. You can, you can do a fact check if you get a chance. Um, but yeah, it's just it's, we're seeing a lot of inconsistencies with the offense. We, and I thought this would have been a series that would have been decent because like we're playing Colorado. They're not. Herman Marquez is a nice pitcher out there and he's got some potential but they're not really anybody you should be scared of in that rotation so to see them kind of just completely buckle at the knees it was pretty crazy they also had some stuff that kind of hurt them like just bad bad play calling by the umpires bad luck in general it's kind of been bit them especially in today's game with like this weird uh what was the situation that happened there were just weird things that happened throughout the day. Uh, something with the starting pitching, though, that we got to bring up with Frankie Montas. You, again, he, he pitched fine today. He pitched five innings. Because of that, the pot, the Mariners and the Giants are now the only two teams who haven't had a pitcher go more than five innings. So that and I was and now looking at that stat. Seeing the A's involved with it looked worrying. Until mm. I kind of did some research. I was reading about it at the Athletic. It's like a common trend across baseball right now. A lot of starters aren't going lasting long. Probably just because y- they're getting in shape.
0: Yeah, but it, it's something that the A's should be worried about. Because they have one of the worst um, schedules coming up. So they have a day off tomorrow. And then they have 14 straight days of baseball. So... Running through the bullpen like we have done this past week is uh, concerning, which is the reason why L- Jesus Lizardo pitched three and two thirds today. Um, really tried to eat up a lot of innings because Bob Melvin knew that we had a long road stretch, road uh, long stretch ahead of us, and the bullpen needed to be a little bit rested. Um, I don't necessarily know how the rest of the league is doing with that. I don't know if they've had like a lot of their relievers go long, but. I don't
1: know, man. It looks uh, it's across
0: specifically the Ace perspective, it's very concerning.
1: It's a but th- that's the thing. It's an a we shouldn't have to worry about it too much right now because this is across the league. And if you look, there's yeah. no team that's really blown the doors. I know we were gonna talk about the Padres earlier today about how well the start they're off to. But mm-hmm. there's nobody across this league right now or across baseball that's really like blown out of the gates, which is a good thing. Nobody in the division has really stepped up and shown that oh crap, they're the team to beat after this first week. So yeah, I don't want to stress too much about it right now. But if we're gonna be having the same conversation a week from today when we record again, then yeah, mm-hmm. I'll be I'll, I'll be pretty nervous.
0: Absolutely, especially. St- six games into that road trip and then you know we have six eight more back
1: to back i, that I don't know if you saw concerning. on twitter today um but i called out dave cavell who one i I'm a huge fan of his i think we both are and he's got some like really great pictures from into the coliseum and it's making me happy just seeing that but i called him out because every time he's posted a picture of the bases loaded and he does his ducks on the pond thing they mm-hmm. he jinxes it <laughs>
0: So today, so Dave Cavill's get, jinxing the A's. Yeah, Way to go, Cavill! Yeah, so I, I, I tweeted, "I'm like, dude,
1: <laughs> stop doing this, please. Just stop.
0: <laughs> I love you, man, but just, just please stop." Exactly. <laughs> um, cool. Um, we talked about Olson's walk off. We talked about the bullpen. Cool. Um, so what, really quick, um, before we go into players of the week, um, this is a segment that we're doing. Fact check shot. Uh, this is when, uh, from the week prior, if we f- had we had a fact check and it um, turns out we were incorrect, uh, we take a shot because we were wrong. So, we had said a lot, talked a lot about Tony Kemp playing second base. And <laughs> he has only played one game at second base so far. It's been uh, a lot of Chad Pender and a lot of um, Machin. Uh, can't remember his first name on top of my head. So... And we said that we thought that Tony Kemp was going to get that spot. And Tony Kemp didn't even start opening day. It was uh, Chad Pender. So, Julio, let's take the fact check shot. We
1: uh, Cheers to our listeners. We wanted uh, Hatterberg at first, but we got Pena. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: that was the fact check shot um, of the week. Sorry, listeners. We'll try to be better next time, but we probably won't. We let you down. Um <laughs> I mean, Hey, every time you t- show up to a tailgate, it, you know, sometimes you just got to take a shot and that was a
1: shot of iced coffee that I'm drinking here.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's get to our player of the week. Um, Julio, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah. So, uh, we, I think we've both mentioned the guys that were going to say, I don't want to pick the obvious guy right now. I don't know if you're going to either, but if you don't either, I think we should talk about them because there's a lot of really cool things yeah. to talk about them. But I'm going Birch-Smith. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I thought you – I'm going with the – That was mine. MLB leading wins. and MLB leading in wins category now. Birch-Smith. Oh, yeah. Um, two wins. Hasn't given up a run. And the reason I think we – I, I want to acknowledge it is one of the things I talked about – like something we should look out for is like how important the, the bullpen was going to be in this first week. And I my guy that I called out initially last week for like our Telegate essential was Liam Hendricks, and he did good. He had the blown save on Friday, but Bert Smith really stepped up to the plate. He has really good stuff. It just kind of shows you one of the things that he's actually do a pretty good job in is like analyzing these no name bullpen arms from across the league and make something out of nothing for it. Like Trinan wasn't really a big name when they first traded for him, and then he became the best closer in baseball in 2018. Uh, Jake Diekman was kind of like this random trade lefty, but he's actually pretty good so far, and he's got some really nasty stuff when he's on. So to kind of see this first start from somebody where I don't think anybody had any, any expectation for him, um, got to be happy about it. Can't be too upset. Mm-hmm. How about you?
0: All right. So mine is... Um... This might be the obvious one. I actually don't necessarily know if who the obvious one is. Now that I think about it, um, Ramon Laureano. Yep, that's obvious one. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So he's played every single game. He's the only player. Him and Marcus Simeon, or he's the only player in the outfield. Sorry, I should say that better. He's the only player in the outfield who's played every single game. Um, today he DH'd, um, but he's played all five games. He um, is batting uh, 350. Um, he's batting 500 up until two days ago um he's just been getting big hits and big moments as well um really doing work at the top of the lineup i was torn between him and robbie grossman because i think robbie grossman's also been really playing really really well he had a really good game Um, today big time yeah and yesterday and the day before that um but i think it's loriano he's just kind of carrying the 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 offense on his back so so there i'm Um, glad
1: you brought up because there's a couple things that i read up about him that were super interesting Uh, Shout out to Mm -hmm. The Athletic. Uh, One was this last summer when he kind of had like a dry spell. I think this was before he went on that tear last July. Uh, The Reds were in town, and he got to meet his idol, Joey Votto. And that Mm -hmm. he had like a one-on-one conversation where they just just talked about hitting. And Mm -hmm. that's something you've noticed so far in this season. He's been super patient as a hitter. He's kind of the opposite mm-hmm. Chris Davis right now, which we'll talk a lot about later. Uh, he's been kind of keeping an eye on this, like those nad those nasty breaking balls to be kind of low, and he's been pretty patient. He and that's one of the big reasons why. I can't remember if he got on base yesterday or not, but he or got on base. Yeah, he was like on base every game this pr- first week. It's a great start. Another thing that I read about was he had a really interesting training regimen during shutdown which was he was at a, like he had a batting cage set up and he was starting off 90 feet away from the machine but he kept getting closer and closer as like he was training throughout the day. So like there'll be at one point where he'll be like 50 feet away to like Jesus get his like speed on time which is like Insane. <laughs> Sounds like something yeah. from happy Gilmore, but so far in the early season, it's showing he looks great. He's easily yeah. the best offensive player right now.
0: So I never, I didn't understand the first game when they, he was batting second, as opposed to Chapman batting second. Cause I think Chapman did really well at the number two spot all last season. And analytics show that the number two spot is actually the best spot for your best hitter to hit because it, it gets more at bats with runners on base throughout the game. Um, but I can see why now. I, I have a feeling that he came into summer camp hitting this well, and Bob Melvin noticed. So he was like, "We got to get him yeah. in that spot." Um it looks great. Because just like everybody else in, in our lineup, he has the power to hit it out of the park when he needs to as well. Um, just another thought. I think kind of the player of the week though is really the entire outfield because the entire outfield has been playing both sides of the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hanna's hit like today. He went. Uh, Mark Hanna hit went over three, but he so he's two ninety four now. After going 0-3 today. Yeah. So he was hitting really well. We just talked about Grossman. Um, have a, had a rough couple days, but the first three games he played very well. Um, and then, obviously, Loriano. So the entire outfield has really been stepping it up. Um, the infield's got to pick it up. Cool. So um, let's look back on our players to watch from last week, and then we'll, um, we'll take a break. Um, so your player to watch last week was Liam Hendricks. Do you want to say something about uh,
1: him? Yeah, he... He had a, you know, he he gave up the save on Friday night, a little rough, but it was just I think he gave that up more of an, out of frustration of just the umpire. He should have had a yeah I agree recall. With you. Uh, but he recovered yeah. really well on Sunday. He looks kind of back to shape of the first week, um, so I yeah, stand by it. And then your player was.
0: Mine was Daniel Megden, and oh. um, everything I said about Daniel Megden was correct. No, but he's my player to watch. Not, again, this category is not like player we think is going to do well. It's yeah. player to watch to see how he does. And he did exactly what I thought. He completely fumbled the ball. Um, I'm very worried about him in, a, in, a, in the rotation. I know AJ Puck comes back in hopefully a week. Um, Lazardo looks like he's almost to form, so he, we just got to get him out of there. Um, I really think that Megden's future is... Um, is in the bullpen. Um, I don't think he's a long guy. Um, It's just, it was brutal to watch because he got rocked the first two innings. Yeah. Um, So either he's got to bounce back or, um, or we got to get him out of there. And uh, that's just going to be something to continue to watch over the next couple weeks. Cool. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back to our featured segment, uh, which we'll get into um, after that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back. So this week's featured segment is going to be called Julio, Let him Know.
1: We need to fix it.
0: We need to fix it, people. We need to fix it. I know it's early in the season, but we already got issues,
1: and we got to fix it.
0: So Julio, what do we need to fix first?
1: First up, the ballpark experience. <laughs> now... Here's uh, my initial gripe with it. Obviously, look, they're doing the, what they can at the moment to try to fix the overall experience of not having fans there. They did the cardboard cutout. I have mine. I'm at, up there with my cat, Peach, in section 111, which is cool. Uh, but one thing that was kind of annoying was Friday night during the Matt Olson walk-off. Um, Kuiper's home run call was pretty uneventful. Usually, his is—it's very more flamboyant, and a big reason uh, from like my understanding of it just is, announcers depend on the crowd, in those kind of moments where if, if they can't really tell. They feed the home, off the crowd. They feed off the crowd. Yeah. So if you just have a, a static, generic crowd noise, that's just. I can't do anything for you. So, and it should have been a bigger moment. So here are some of my ideas on how we can fix the overall crowd experience. Some are a little more conventional. Some are just ridiculous.
0: This is specifically the crowd noise experience or this is the in game in Coliseum experience
1: in Coliseum across baseball experience, but more specifically with the ace. Yeah. Uh, one, I think it'd be cool to have more fan support, fan support videos. It's a little cringy at times because the MLS does that a lot. Where they'll say, show like a Zoom party of like uh, L E F C fans watching their game. It's a little cringy. It reminds me of like that one Nike commercial or like Apple commercial with like the giant head on the TV talking to everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, if they can link that to the actual audio of the play-by-play live video so you can hear it, that'd be kind of cool. And I think it'd be a little... N-
0: I don't know if the technology is there. That sounds pretty tough to try and sync that, especially um, sync it, like, not on delay.
1: It's They can try. This is a yeah. million-dollar organization.
0: Um, the NBA, have you been watching any of the NBA preseason uh, scrimmages?
1: Not yet. Not yet.
0: So... They've been doing this with the NBA, so I don't know if you've seen the the layout. It's like so they took one of their the um, convention centers, um, like warehouses, stages, whatever, in uh, in Orlando. They turn it into obviously a basketball court, and then they have the players on the bench, and then behind them is just like a massive with you know obviously surrounded by a bunch of advertising, is like a massive LED screen with just a bunch of Zooms on there. And you know how, like, MLS, obviously, we've been watching because we're in that MLS pool. um, They show, like, maybe eight people watching the MLS games, like, kind of cheering, which obviously looks like it's on a loop. It doesn't look like they're watching live. (laughs) Um, For NBA, it's, like, 50. So you see, like, 50 watch parties on Zoom watching the NBA scrimmage. And... They're reacting in real time. You could tell. So it, it looks a little bit different. They're obviously not pumping in the crowd noise, but like, it it's a lot better when you have a bunch of different squares of a bunch of different um, different uh, people, and it's always up there on the screen as opposed to like in MLS, they'll like show like an advertisement, Adidas, official sponsor of MLS, and then like okay, then we'll show like these Zoom parties. Yeah. Um, it feels a lot more like natural. The only thing is, I don't know how they would show it. <laughs> for baseball because the Jomotrons like never in the shot, you know?
1: Yeah. It would be, again, this is just an idea. This is initially something I know if it'd work. Um, yeah. But, just brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we're going to get a little more unconventional going further down, uh, I think they need to play music mid game. I think they need to take back from like, I think about the times growing up, going to Warriors games and hearing like blow the whistle during like a fast break. And hearing like Luck of Lucian, like during a fast break, just instead of just having the traditional organ, just play a little bit of Mac Dre or something. a little bit of E forty. Family friendly. But to, like spice it up a little bit. And I don't know some of the players have asked for that as well. It's a little bit
0: tough during like a play though. It's kind of distracting. But like when they hit a home run, like they still play California or um um
1: Yeah, but that's um yeah, home run is all the same, but like if we're gonna kinda of spice up Again, this is the opportunity to make do some weird shit. Or do something yeah. out of the ordinary. There's that? Um, Stomper's there. He's been at some games. I know yeah. the Philly Fanatic has still been at the Philly games. And he's mm-hmm. been killing it because he's the best mascot in sports. Um, but I think it'd be cool if we've seen Stomper's family bring in Stomper's family. Let's bring in Stomper's dad. Have them dance totally around. Cool. Just do dumb stuff around the Coliseum. With yeah. like... A whole nother because nobody's there hell yeah. yeah do it why not um and here's my last idea again unconventional i doubt they'll let them do it uh just give the players drums and boobazellas we can since we can't have the right field drummers fuck it let's just have the players do it i'm sure austin allen on his day off isn't doing much he's probably maybe catching a bullet pin from time to time just get him out there with the drum
0: just I guarantee away. a lot of ace players would be down. Shamanaya on his off oh, days would oh, totally yeah, be would, down. Yeah. Would totally be down.
1: Shamanaya and um, Fires definitely would.
0: Oh, for sure, dude, for sure. Um, one thing that I just thought of in terms of Zoom, they could they could do it on the broadcast. So, like, let's say ESPN has a game, they could like do a little scroll down by the bottom line. And just have like it rotate, and then it's just like it's a watch parties of the fans, like you know, just really small, but still you could see it, and they you kind of see them react like on certain things. Like there's a home run, you see them like oh, like get excited and stuff like that. Like there's definitely something you could do with with that, but it would it's more of the broadcast than it is um, the actual stadium experience. Um, yeah, I mean that's a tough job for the person who's controlling the audio being pumped into the stadium because like you really have to be quick on the trigger. To know like yeah. which which noise to like to do, so it's like I don't know. We're asking a lot, but of that guy alone to to do that. Um, and again, I was ta- I was talking to my uncle about this okay. the other night. That that sounds like a really fun job. I kind of would like, oh, yeah. like to do that job. Yeah.
1: Um, but again, this is the first week, trial and error. Same thing we've yeah. been. It's kind of the theme of just this whole episode in general. Uh, I'm just knows? happy
0: to watch baseball again.
1: This is definitely fixable. I don't see why they couldn't spice things up a little bit. Now. Chris, yours Mm -hmm. is getting a little bit deeper, and yours is getting kind of some more frustration across all of A's fan base. What do you want to fix, Chris?
0: Yeah, we need to fix the fucking DH situation because Chris Davis ain't fucking cutting anymore, and it's starting to get frustrating because we just paid this guy fucking $30 million a year. Well, not $30 million a year. $30 million extra, $15 million a year to fucking hit home runs, and he's not doing it. He's striking out. He's 0 for 16. This is ridiculous. Um, So, as much as I love the guy, I was thinking about it today. My mind went into a very dark hole with (laughs) with this. Could we trade Chris Davis, and would we be able to find a trade for him? And here's the thing. We don't need to trade for another DH. We have plenty of DH options in-house. Mark Canna, we can just do a rotating outfield DH. Mark Canna can get in there, get a day off. Robbie Grossman can get in there, get a day off. Steven Piscotti. Ramon Laureano. We can just, instead of actually having to, like, bench guys in the outfield, just, like, do a four-man rotation in the outfield. We got four solid outfielders. We can use all of them. Um, Trade Chris Davis for maybe some, like, B-level prospects because that's probably all we'll get for him right now. I guarantee there's a team in the NL in the race right now that could use a fucking DH. The Braves is one team that comes to mind instantly. Um, shit. I don't know. You know, teams that you know just a year a, ago yeah, didn't a need a DH and now they do. Um, I hate that I that my mind went to that because I love Chris Davis so much and I hoped and think that he can bounce back. But I don't know what to do with him at this point, man. This is just brutal. And I know, um, A's hitting coach. I forgot off the top of my head. I can't remember his name. Darren um, Bush. Darren Bush came out today and he's been watching on a film and said it's his mechanics. And he hasn't been thinking about his mechanics. He's been a little bit emotional with his at-bats. So his mechanics have gone out the window. So he needs to get back to that. Um, I think that's a big reason why he sat today. So that he can uh, focus on that and like get his mind straight. But fuck, man. It's just, it's, it is tough to watch. And you know what? He's not on my fantasy team. He's on Jose Charris Gonzalez's fantasy team. Shout out to Jose. Um, so, it's funny making fun of Jose for having Chris Davis and him not working. But, like, I just want him to be we successful We want him to work.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, I know a big part of the reason why he just didn't have it last year was he was hurt. He was still hurt. And we all knew it. He yeah. wasn't willing to admit it until the offseason that he was still hurt. So, we had, uh, I wouldn't say huge expectations for him on the year, but we had some, like, expectations where he'd he'd get back to his normal pace and he hasn't and it it just i don't think it's necessarily anything with his mechanics it's more just the guy's just so free swinging right now yeah he's swinging at balls in the dirt he's swinging at stuff that's way up way too high his timing is just off a little bit um and we I know it was a dark place you went to, but it was something we talked about the other day. <laughs> it's like been, we we had this conversation. I wasn't sure if it was just the two of us or in our fantasy baseball chat. Uh, but it's like you just would now with the NL having a DH, hopefully it's a long-term thing. We just opened up the pool of potential trading partners. And who knows? If, if, if we can somehow find a trade partner who would take him with this contract We'll probably have to entice them with another prospect and not get much of a return. But if we can get this other team to pay for that said contract and then use that money to go pay for a certain short up that's going to be coming free agent.
0: Exactly. That was my mind. But that was my mind.
1: Was my <laughs> Way my too far exactly. ahead. But yeah.
0: Who who who, who would I ra- no No, no, no. I'm, uh, this is a great segue. Who would I rather have right now long term? Chris Davis or Marcus Simeon? Uh, the answer ten times out of ten is gonna be Marcus Simeon. Yeah. So if that means that we can get off of that So I mean so his extension started this season. Um so we oh we are gonna owe him sixteen million dollars this season and then sixteen million next year. Uh if we can get off that and throw that money at Marcus it's the, it's perfect and it, and we're not gonna have to worry about a dh for a couple seasons I'm looking at the outfielders and some of their contracts so Robbie Grossman's a free agent after this season he's gonna be chump change we'll have to, we won't have to pay him much I know he was a gold glove um finalist last year but I don't think that um ups your value too much Mark Hanna is not a free agent until 2022 um Ramon Laureano is locked up till 2023 I believe um Steven Piscotty, we still have two seasons left on his contract, so it's like this isn't gonna have to be gonna have to be a position we're gonna have to like try and fill. We can literally fill it with the guys that we have, um, and save that money and spend it elsewhere. Um, also, Liam Hendricks is a free agent after this season. Maybe we can use some of that money with him. I mean, it's just uh, I hate that we're doing this, but it's just like I, I, I if I have to <coughs> choose between him, I, if I have to choose between those two, I, I'm, I'm. I'm choosing uh, uh, I'm choosing Simeon.
1: so um, I don't no absolutely it's, I don't know if I'm choosing a,
0: Hendrix necessarily, but I'm choosing Simeon for sure.
1: Yeah, he's a more valuable player. He gives you everything that you need. Um, now, we've definitely got on our tangent with this and it's it's we that rightfully so because we're frustrated and, and if anybody is more frustrated about it, it's he is. How what would you think would fix this? What you think? I know Bowmel's talked about giving him days off. I don't know if maybe dropping in the lineup.
0: I uh, I trust Darren Bush. So I know you don't necessarily agree with what he said te- by what – I'm getting guessing that by what you said. Um, I trust Darren Bush. I do think it's a mechanics thing. I think that he's um, he's mentally just not in the right place. So I think just – Darren Bush working with him every day and and reassuring him that he's a good hitter and going through the game plan before he goes up to bat every day, getting him those at bats. All it takes is gonna all it's gonna take is one home run, maybe just even one hit for him to get out of the slump, and like really light it up. Okay. So I think you 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 play him every other game until he finally gets at least a hit, um, just to get his confidence back up. But until he gets that, it's like you got to give him a day off every other day, so that he can at least work, sit down with Darren, in in the dugout. Really work through um, the scouting report. Really work through like hitting in the cage beforehand. Rest his body a little bit. Get him mentally there, and then and then do it. Because I don't necessarily want to give up on him yet. But if we go into, you know game 15 and 20 and this is still an issue then I mean yeah you got to consider um completely benching him which is hard to do when you're paying this guy 16 million dollars a year or really consider trading him which I don't think trades are going to happen this season cuz of covid but really consider things like that
1: now he isn't going to be my essential tool of the week mm-hmm. but if i had to say a hot take and we're definitely—you're probably gonna call me out on this when we go over our hot takes next week. I think he's gonna go back to see his old friends, the Texas Rangers next week, and he's gonna christen that new ballpark with some bombs. Yeah. I hope so. I think that's—he just needs to go back and just go see his children, the Texas Rangers, it's he always just—that's just his spot,
0: them. even though it's a different ballpark. But that is his—that is his spot where he just fucking crushes it. So
1: that—that's uh, the hope, but. Yeah, we don't have much time, so we got to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean, I haven't looked in the trade market much. This is just kind of after him going 0-16. This has come off the top of my head in the past several hours, but I'm sure there are some B-level prospects and some needs that we could potentially um, cover. Um, All right, let's go into the uh, essential tool of the week. Um, Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first?
1: I'll go ahead and start off. Kind of alluded to it. It's funny. Uh, my essential tool of the week. Somebody not necessarily for their bat. It'd be great if they if it is their bat because we know how important they are. Um, it's more for their strategy. I'm going Sean Murphy for the essential tool of the week for the following week. It, big reason why this is his second time. This can be the rotation second time going around. Yeah. He did a pretty solid. I would say the rotation excluding Megden and Manaya's shaky. he would look good those first couple of games. Um, it's going to be a second time around with those guys. So it's going to be great to see if the thing we kind of lose track of with all the Lazardo and puck hype is how highly regarded Sean Murphy is too. And not just because he is a pretty good hitter, but he's a fantastic defensive catcher and he can call a great game. They've even had some, um, shout out to Don, John Fisher the other day. He was on our Zoom call. He texted me and he's like, uh, Sean Murphy looks so good behind the play when it comes to framing. So it's going to be great getting a second time around this rotation, going against a couple a team that's not the best offensively with the Mariners and going to the team that's usually known for a pretty good offense with the Rangers. It's going to be a great team when he does. Um, if he can get some a decent hitting game in there, that'd be great. But it's gonna. I'm have some good expectations for him, if this coming week, help, hoping that he'll help this, the little lulls in this rotation fix itself out with this play calling.
0: If a catcher hits around like 260, then I'm I'm happy because it's a catcher. Like his knees are rough through the season, so that, that's that's um it's, it's solid. Um, yeah, I, I like that one. Um, he looked like he had pretty good chemistry. Um with the guys um which is good to hear because i know specifically fires and um and montaz um had really were really tight with josh fegley so i was worried about that going into the season um that they would it would be hard for them to gel but i think fires is just cool enough dude that he could just find common ground and figure it out um I think Chris Bassett has said in the past that he he's so um, committed and specific to his game planning. He's so dialed in that he doesn't really care who call who catches for him. Um, don't really know so much for the other guys, but no. I know Fires um, was really big on uh, on catching to last year, and I know that um, Montaz had a really close relationship with with Fegley. So it's good no, that it's okay. working out.
1: Now, what's going to be really fun, too, with that, with the starters in mind, uh, it sounds like Jesus Lizardo is going to have his starting, like, big league starting position or starting pitching, like, debut this weekend against Seattle. Yeah. And those guys have been a battery for a while in the minors. So yeah. it's going to be great seeing their stuff that they've worked on for years in the minors finally make it up together in the bigs.
0: And those guys were both high school recruits. I think maybe Murphy wasn't. Um, I think he was though. They they but I do know that they came up through the rankings every single level together. Puck not so much. Puck Puck went up. He went to college and he just shot up through the minor league system really quick. But um, yeah, Lazardo and and Murphy. That's gonna. That's I mean it, we've already seen glimpses of it. They've worked really well together. Today they worked really well together. Um, so that's good. All right. So mine is um. <laughs> I know I keep dwelling on the DH, but this has really bothered me. Um, mine is uh, Mark Canna because um, he's gonna have to step it up. I mean, all of the outfields is gonna have to step it up, but I think the ideal candidate to fill in the DH spot for these lols is Mark Canna because he's a p- big power hitter. So you you need to slide him into the spot in the lineup specifically. So not necessarily the position wise, like you know he'll still be in left field, but you need to slot him into the into the batting order spot where. Um, like he did today, where Chris Davis would normally hit four or five-hole um, to make up for it because he's got the power and um, he has the uh, the uh, confidence to um, when runners are on base to bring him in and you feel comfortable and confident that he is capable of doing that. Um, so he's kind of my essential tool of the week. We'll see how he does next week. Um, so t- today... Where'd he hit today?
1: Wednesday, July. So, oh, what he did he do today? Yeah.
0: So today he hit in the five hole. So, exactly. So Olsen hit in the four hole. Um, Can has been hitting better than Olsen, so I could see them potentially switching. But um, yeah, he's going to have to make up for, for, for the lack of of production that um, Chris Davis is is um, doing. So, Ace fans look for him to hit to the middle of the order. In the coming week, and let's watch his stats. Um, if he's still playing, if he's playing the way he's been playing, then we shouldn't we shouldn't worry about it. Cool. All right. Um, you want to preview this week, Khalil?
1: Let's do it. All right.
0: So, coming to town
1: this week. I'm going traveling
0: or travel? Oh, yes. Sorry. First so trip we of are, the year. We are tomorrow. We have or today for the listeners, technique because this comes out Thursday. Thursday so. Um, if you're listening on Thursday the 30th, um, there's no game today. Friday the 31st, they head to um, Seattle. And they have a four-game stint there. Um, it is a 6:40 start time on Friday, a 6:10 start time on Saturday, a afternoon game 1:10 start time on Sunday, and then another 7:10 or 6:10 start time on Monday. In yeah. I mean it's the Mariners, they're like the worst team in the American league, so I'm not too worried about
1: it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I, I am looking forward to with this matchup is we get to see Kyle Lewis, he's a their like hot shot rookie that finally made it up to the bigs, and he's pretty much been on the tear in the first week in the in the season. Um and that's gonna be the one thing to kinda of look forward to, but there's nothing really to it's the Mariners. No, Hopefully this is a
0: conf- this is a confidence builder. This is yeah. a let's get Great the time. offense going again and uh we have a big week coming the following week. So this is really crucial to try and um get some momentum. Um so they um to follow up, they play the Rangers on Tuesday the 4th um at 6:10 p.m. they play and then again at 6:10 p.m. on the 5th and then um, final game of the series with the Rangers Thursday the 6th at uh 12 40 a classic thursday afternoon game um two bottom half of the league teams um more or less um yeah confidence booster because the, f- the following week we play the astros and the angels again so big I game's coming the
1: rangers look i know the rangers where we always kind of look past them but I, yeah. they have some pop they still got uh Joey Gallad at home run today. They still got those guys there. As long as Elvis Andrews is on short, they're going to at least have him be a base threat and can get on, do all that. Uh, the rotation is going to be interesting, though. Lancelin had a fantastic opening day start. Uh, I believe his start today against the D-backs it was all right as well. I think he gave up a couple runs, but he struck out something like eight. So mm-hmm. get ready probably for a lot of swing and misses on... Um, on that day, whenever he does come up in the rotation. Um, but it's going to be cool. We get to see the ballpark. We get to see how they are going to play in there. Hopefully, Chris Davis just hits some bombs and welcomes his kids to their new stadium.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and hopefully, uh, Manai on Friday can bounce back from his rough start um, last week. Big time. I think the Mariners are a perfect team for him to go up against to get some confidence back as well. Get some good um, postmates, some I...
1: good food from Seattle. We'll oh, be yeah. good for them.
0: I expect Chris Bassett to play well again like fires um it should be fun and hopefully we can rest the bullpen a little bit and have these starters go a little bit longer um yeah. so that they can be ready to go for the astros and the angels cool we don't all we right don't
1: really oh as i said we don't really have too much time left with uh this expanded roster We're only a few a couple yeah. more weeks so we gotta. yeah it
0: so that's something to look for as well cool julio good show good um good times yeah, uh, sorry for um, uh, ranting and venting about the DH situation, but I'm pretty frustrated. Um, hopefully that'll change. Thanks for listening. Uh, game starting. Time to pack up the gear and head in. Uh, put take the coals off. Kill your last beer and let's. Get I'm
1: moving. sneaking one in.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, a thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. See y'all. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is executive produced and written by me, Chris Madrigal, and Julio Reynoso. It is produced by me. It is sound designed by me. The artwork and graphic design was done by Larry Madrigal, and the opening theme was composed, written, and produced by Larry Madrigal as well. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.